Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I'm conducting a series on the subject of prayer and I've been on it now for several weeks. And, uh, and if you've missed any of the previous sessions, I'd like to invite you to go back into our archives and catch up on anything that you've missed. Uh, you know, when, whenever I've taught a series over the years, uh, you, you know, I've always had people that would come in in the middle of the series and, and they wouldn't hear what went before it and they just hear the one message and, you know, you just can't, when, when a series uh, is being conducted, if you just hear one or two of the messages, you don't get the fullness of what's being said. And if you come in and you just listen to, to one message in the middle of a series, you, you know, again, you just don't get the full message, the, the full, the completeness of what is, is, is being conveyed. So if you've missed any of the previous sessions, that I've done on prayer, and this is, I don't know, about the fifth week or sixth week that we've been on it. We've got a few more weeks to go before we complete it. But if you've missed any of the previous sessions, again, they're all there for you for free in the archives. I, again, I'd invite you to go back and catch up on anything that you missed. And, uh, and then you can, can, you know, get even more out of what I'm going to share today. So with that being said, um, the, the main goal of this series is to uh, is to help everyone become effective in prayer. You know, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. And so if prayer can be effective, it can also be ineffective. The Bible says that it's, it's very possible for, for people, you know, Christians to pray amiss. And so I don't want you to miss in your praying. I don't want you to be ineffective in your in your pr praying. And so again, the goal of this series is to try to help you and inform you from the Word of God, so that you will know how to pray and be effective in your prayers and 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 get answers uh, from the Lord when you pray. You know, from the Heavenly Father as you go to Him in prayer in the name of Jesus. You know, to 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 be effective in that and and to pray in line with the Word of God and and get your prayers answered. So I'm trying to to help you become effective in prayer, be effective in prayer. So uh, uh, now what I've been uh, covering over the last several sessions are the seven different kinds of prayer that I have been able to find in the in in the Bible. And uh, the first one we covered was the prayer of faith. And then I talked about the prayer of commitment. And then I talked about the prayer of agreement, which, uh, it, which encompasses united or corporate prayer. You know, like when the church congregation is together uh, praying. And then I talked about the prayer of petition, where you're praying for yourself and it's thoroughly fine to pray for yourself as long as your motives are right. And then uh, then last week I, I covered the prayer of intercession. That's where you pray for others. And now today, now we've got two more types of prayer to cover. So I'm going to do one of the remaining types this week, and then we'll get into the final one next week. It might take me two sessions to do that one, and then we'll just go on from there as the Lord leads and directs. But today I want to talk about the prayer of thanksgiving, or it's, you could call it the prayer of worship. And then, and then the, the final kind of prayer 
that I have been able to find in the Bible is, is praying in the spirit or praying with other tongues. And there's so much confusion on, on that subject, praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues, so much confusion, so much misunderstanding on that. But yet the Bible is very clear on, on what praying in the spirit means. And so I'm going to cover that. It may take me two sessions to cover that. We'll just see. But uh, that'll be coming up uh, uh, starting next week and then perhaps the following. Praying in the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Praying in other tongues. So I have much to say to you from the Word of God about that. But today, let's talk about the prayer of thanksgiving, or you could call it the prayer of worship. And uh, uh, go to Psalm 95, verse 2. Psalm 95, verse 2. The Bible says, let us come before his presence, you know, before the presence of God with thanksgiving. And so when we approach God in prayer, uh, we approach him, you know, whenever you approach God, you need to do it with a heart or an attitude of thanksgiving about you. You know, Psalm 100 verse 4 says to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So, I mean, when you go to approach God, you need to do it with thanksgiving and and with praise. And then it goes on here to say, be thankful to him and bless his name. So again, when whenever you approach God, he wants to do it. He wants us to do it with a heart or an attitude of thanksgiving about us. And so uh, we need to understand that. And if you want to be effective in your prayer life, you need to be a thankful person and a person who approaches God with a heart or an attitude of thanksgiving and, and an attitude of praise about you. You know, thanksgiving and praise to him about you. Now, um, you know, talking about the prayer of thanksgiving, you know, Jesus, the Lord, as he would pray to the heavenly father he he prayed the prayer of thanksgiving let me give you two examples of where he did that matthew 11 verse 25 says at that time jesus answered and said i thank you father so he's praying to the heavenly father and he says i thank you father lord of heaven lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes now much we could say about that verse but the reason i read it here was just to show you that Jesus, the Lord himself, who is, is our Lord, our Savior, and he's also our example. And he had the perfect prayer life. And did you know he still, he, I say had, has the perfect prayer life? You know, and I'm, I, I may talk about this later on in this, in this series, but do you know the Bible says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us? Did you know that Jesus has a present day ministry and one of the one of the things that he does even today before the heavenly father is he makes intercession for us. And I mean, Jesus is praying for you. He, he's praying for me. He's praying for us. Absolutely, because the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession. Now, there's much we could say about what that all means. But one thing I'm very confident that it means is that he's praying for us. Still, still right now, 
He has a present-day ministry, and he ever lives to make intercession. We talked about intercessory prayer last week, but I, I don't know I may I may talk about that again about his present-day ministry as we move along, even in this series. But he he ever lives to make intercession for us, and uh, and, and but 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 he prayed to the heavenly Father during his earthly ministry, as, as I showed you. In, in previous sessions, I, I spent two whole sessions on prayer lessons we learned from Jesus. And Jesus, I mean, he was just, 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 just continually at prayer and said much about it. And, and he, I mean, he prayed, he prayed and he prayed. He, he, he communed with the heavenly father. Like I said, I spent two sessions on that earlier. It's in the archives if you want to go back and listen to it. But, um, uh, listen to those two messages, but Jesus prayed the prayer. You know, I showed you in an earlier session, he prayed the prayer of consecration and dedication there at the, in the garden of Gethsemane, but he also prayed this prayer of thanksgiving. And, and he said, I thank you, a uh, father, Lord of heaven. And then, uh, so, so he prayed and then he prayed the prayer of thanksgiving there in Matthew eleven twenty five. but then also at the tomb of Lazarus, when Lazarus had died, had been dead four days in John eleven forty one. In the process of time, Jesus tells them to take away the stone from the tomb where the uh, dead body of Lazarus was. And they took, the Bible says, John eleven forty one. they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was, where Lazarus was lying. His body was lying there. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, so he lifted up his eyes to heaven. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. See, Jesus prayed the prayer of thanksgiving. And then he went on to say, <laughs> as he addressed the dead body of Lazarus, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus's spirit, which no doubt was in uh, paradise or Abraham's bosom, had been there for four days. Now, the Bible doesn't specifically say that, that that's where his spirit was, but that's where his spirit had to have gone. There was either either paradise, also known as Abraham's bosom, or hell. And Lazarus was a believer, so he didn't his spirit wasn't in hell. His spirit was in Abraham's bosom, or also known as paradise, and in the inner workings, in the inner heart of the earth, in the spirit realm. But Jesus called his spirit back. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus' spirit came came back into his body. His body was was healed and restored. Glory to God. And he walked out of that tomb. And remember, he was bound with grave clothes. And Jesus said, the people there said, loose him and let him go. You know, take those grave clothes off and so forth. But before he called Lazarus back to life, he prayed the prayer of thanksgiving. Maybe something I just feel impressed to say this. It fits right in here. Maybe something has died in your life. Maybe, maybe a relationship or, or, or maybe you've lost a job or whatever the case. Uh, maybe something is, is, is dead in your life. Well, begin to praise God. Begin to thank God. You know, have a, have an attitude of thanksgiving about you. Now, now you don't thank God for the for the problem, but in the midst of the problem, you thank Him and praise Him and 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 and, and worship Him and pray the prayer of thanksgiving and thank God in the middle of it. And I tell you what, resurrection power can hit your situation 
and, 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 and cause good things to come about. Glory to God. Now, so Jesus prayed the prayer of thanks, uh, the prayer of thanksgiving. Now, you know, in the New Testament, there's several scriptures that we have along these lines of, of praying the prayer of thanksgiving in Philippians 4 verse 6. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Now, that's a good thing to, to know. And, and that's easier said than done, but the Bible says we can do it. So we can do it. Be anxious or worrisome or fretful about nothing. But in everything, now notice it didn't say for everything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So you see, whenever you pray, and I don't care what kind of prayer that it is, of these different kinds that I've been talking about over the last several weeks, always have an attitude of thanksgiving about you. I tell you what. If you want to get anywhere with God, you need to have an attitude of, of thanksgiving about you. And, and, and I'm just telling you, and, and the Bible tells us right here, uh, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 17 and 18, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Well, how do you pray without ceasing? Does that mean, and I've talked about this before in this series, but let me reiterate here. Does that mean that we always have to be in our prayer room or, you know, in our prayer closet or wherever it is you pray down on bended knee with our, with our hands clasped and our head bowed and our eyes closed? Do we have to do that 24 seven? I don't think that's what the Bible is saying. I mean, you have to sleep sometime. I mean, you know, you have to go about your, your daily life. I don't think that's what it, it, the Bible means. Pray without ceasing that we always have to be, you know, locked in a prayer closet somewhere with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. But I believe that, that, that during all of our waking, uh, waking hours <laughs> when we're not sleeping during that whole time, we can have an attitude of prayer about us. Absolutely. And, and in the midst of everything, in, 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 without ceasing, we can always, you know, have a, ha, be thanking God and being thankful to the Lord. And, and you know, I'll, I'll catch myself going around house just, just even under my breath or driving in the car. Nobody even knows. And just thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just, I'm just thankful to him. Just thankful to him. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be out cutting the grass, you know, on my on my lawnmower, driving along there with it, you know. <laughs> Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. Now I'm I'm what am I doing? I'm praying the prayer of thanksgiving, you know. And now there's sometimes that uh, that you know when like like. Uh, uh, you know, something will happen that's very good and, and I'll just thank God, thank God for, for, for that good thing that happened. So that would be more, I guess, of a formal prayer where Heavenly Father, I thank you for whatever it was that happened, you know, I thank you for it. So that would be more formal, but, but, you know, uh, where, where I'm thanking him for a specific thing that happened, but, but most of the time I'm just, thank you, Lord. I bless you. I thank you. I give you glory, honor, praise, you know. Thank you. Bless you. And uh, it's a prayer of thanksgiving. And, and you can have that kind of an attitude about you all the time, always giving thanks and praise to him. And that's something that I think that we can do without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. First, 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. And then verse 18 says, in everything, didn't say for everything, but in everything, you know. So if something bad is going on in your life, you know, God didn't cause that bad thing. So you wouldn't even, you would thank him for the bad thing. He didn't put the bad thing there in the first place. But in the middle of that bad thing, you can be thankful and pray the prayer of thanksgiving. And uh, in everything, give thanks for this is the, now watch this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Somebody might say, well, I wonder what the will of God is for my life. Well, I can tell you one thing that the will of God is for your life is that in the midst of every circumstance in your life that you give thanks to the name of the Lord Jesus and you give thanks to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Be a person of thanksgiving to God because that, the Bible says, is certainly the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. If you're not being thankful, if you're not praying the prayer of thanksgiving and being a thankful person, you're not in the will of God. Absolutely. You know, you can't be in the will of God if you're grumbling and complaining and you can't be in the will of God if you're if you're unthankful. You know, I, I tell you what, I've been amazed. My wife and I, we've even talked about it privately over the many years at, at how many unthankful people you run across and even people that you do good to and you help them and you, you bless them and, and, and just not thankful. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus actually remember those 10 lepers that were healed and only one of the 10 came back to give thanks to the Lord for healing him. And Jesus said, where are the nine? You know, so I mean, 90% of the people were not thankful. Nine out of 10. Isn't that something? Only one came back to thank Jesus for healing him of leprosy. You would think if you got healed of leprosy, you'd have the decency to come back and thank the Lord for it, you know. But uh, I know in, in my life, as I just said, my wife and I have talked about it, you know, as I just said privately, we, her and I have talked privately, uh, how, how, how few thankful people there really are. Now, we've, we've run across a good number of thankful people, all right, and we're thankful for, for those people that are thankful, but so few are. I, I know over the years, there's just been a couple of times, I know one time I got an email from a, from a, a girl who was in one of my, back years ago when I was teaching eighth grade mathematics, and I got a, uh, I got an email from her, and she, uh, express thanksgiving uh, for the way I ran my math class. And it, oh, it blessed me because I'd actually almost forgot who she even was. And oh, what a blessing that that was. And, and I know there's another young man that that uh, attended our church. And uh, I, I got to tell you a story. He showed up one day. I didn't know it, know it. And uh, I was standing there and first time I ever saw him, he, he I was, you know, the place was, uh, had, had a good crowd of people there that day. And, and I was on the front row praising God before I went up to preach. And I, anyway, I got up to preach and I turned around, you know, I got up, I turned around in the pulpit right on the, the second row. There was this boy, this guy, I guess he was maybe about 20 years old. He was standing there and he had a spiked mohawk. I mean, it wasn't, you know what a mohawk haircut is, but he, he, it wasn't just a mohawk. It was a spike mohawk. And each one of the spikes was a different color, red, blue, green, orange, you know, all the way back. And, you know, I turned around and I looked at that and because that, that's the first time I saw him there. I turned around to preach, you know, and I saw him stay, he's right standing right in front of me. <laughs> and, you know, you know, you know, you got a guy standing there with a spike mohawk and, uh, 
but you know, I did my best not to not to you know laugh or anything, you know, because it was quite humorous. Never seen anything like that before, and but you know, I got to know that young man and and was able to help him in some ways, and and I teased him some years later that the first time I saw him, he you know he actually he had that spike mohawk. It was different colors. I te- I teased with him. I told him he said it looked like he 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 ran into a snow cone stand on the way over to church that that morning, you know, because every every one of those spikes had a different color on it i teased him about that he thought that was funny but but you know i, I we helped him with some things and years came and went and, and i got an email from him and he 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 said to me he said you know pastor terry thank you for being nice to me and kind to me and all of that but you find so few uh, uh thank thankful people as you go through life and uh and and so anyway uh, but you be a person of thanksgiving. You thank, be thankful to the Lord. And, uh, you know, you know, I tell you what, I've missed it in a lot of areas in my life over the years. <laughs> I have missed it a lot. But one area that I have been pretty good in is, is being thankful to the Lord. Now, I'm, I grumble once in a while and complain, probably just like you do. But ultimately, and you can ask my wife, <laughs> you know, after I think things through. And ultimately, I, I well, Lord, I thank you. I bless you. And, you know, and, and I've been pretty good about being thankful to the Lord and, and to people. I tell you what, I'm thankful for anything anybody's ever done for me over the years. And I, and I'm not shy about telling them, telling people and people from my past even that have helped me, uh, how thankful I am for what they've done for me. So anyway, let's be thankful to the Lord and, 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 and be quick to, to pray the prayer of thanksgiving. Look here at Colossians 4 verse 2. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So there's just yet another scripture that we should be fervent in prayer, continuous in prayer, earnest in prayer, vigilant in prayer with thanksgiving. And uh, and I tell you what, if, if you want power in your life, you need to be a person of prayer. And I tell you what, when you start thanking God and worshiping God, I tell you what, you tap into the power of Almighty God. And I tell you what, good things happen. And I tell you, God starts moving when we get th- real thankful and start blessing Him and being thankful to His name. Now, with that being said, uh, you know... I, this is something that I think would be interesting uh, to say right here. Uh, you know, Jesus, because it, it, the prayer of thanksgiving is going to answer, I think, this question that I, that I have been posed over the years, that people have posed to me over the years. And, and, you know, Jesus, as you study his parables, and I spent about six months on the parables of Jesus not too long ago in the archives, if you want to go back and listen to them. But there's two parables that Jesus taught, at least that I'm, that I'm thinking of right now. One was uh, known as the midnight friend, and the other one was the uh, ungodly judge. And as you study those parables, they have to do with being persistent in prayer, which would imply, as you read those parables, which would imply asking the Heavenly Father for something more than once. Because at the end of one of those parables, uh, Jesus said, you know, you know, ask and keep the, the, the Greek in the English. It says he who asks receives. But the Greek, the New Testament is written in, in Greek, implies ask and keep on asking. So the implication from those parables 
uh, as you study those, they're in the book of Luke, I believe, both of them. Those two parables have to do with being persistent in prayer, persistently going before the Father or to the Father. And, and they, they would, they would lead us to believe that we need to ask the Father on a regular basis for things, you know, concerning whatever I say for things. If, if we, if we're requiring something of the Lord and we're asking Him for something, praying to Him, making a request of Him for something, those parables, the parable of the friend at midnight and the un, ungodly or unjust judge, uh, would it would leave us thinking that we need to ask the Lord, you know, for whatever we're asking Him for, ask and keep on asking, ask and keep on asking. Now, with that said, here's the question that people have posed to me over the years, and they'll say this. They'll say, well, Pastor Terry, didn't we hear you teach from the Bible that when we pray, we should believe that we receive and, 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 you know, when we pray, believe that we receive those things we're, we're asking for and, and, and then we should, we'll have them, you know, we'll have them, they'll manifest. But when we pray, believe that we receive. And so the question comes up that it, and they'll say this, pastor, if, if when I pray, I believe I receive and, and I'm supposed to believe I receive those things I'm asking for right there and then, then, then they'll say this, then if I keep asking again and again, does it imply that I didn't really believe the first time that I prayed. And you know what? That really, I think that really is a good question. I think it is a valid question because if we pray to the, to the heavenly father in the name of Jesus, and when we pray, we believe that we receive those things that we're asking for, according to Mark, uh, the 11th chapter, I believe it is, then, then it would imply to me that to pray again and again and again would, would mean that we really didn't believe we received when we initially prayed. So, I mean, when I was first asked that question years ago, it kind of, uh, it kind of, uh, I, it kind of stumped me to tell you the truth about it. And, uh, but, but as time has come and gone, uh, I believe the answer to that question is found in the prayer of thanksgiving. So here's, here, here would be the answer to that. You know, and somebody says, well, when I prayed, I believed I received. Now, should I ask again and again and again to the father? Because, you know, those parables, you know, the unjust judge and the friend at midnight would indicate we need to pray again and again and again. Well, here's what I tell people. This is my view of it. According to Mark 11, when you, if there's something that you need from God and it's in line with the word of God and your motives are right and you ask the heavenly father in the name of Jesus and when you pray, you believe you receive. Now you've asked, you believe you receive, there it is. And then what we do after that then is pray the prayer of thanksgiving. And then you continue to thank God that that thing that you are praying about that you believe that you received when you prayed, you continue to pray the prayer of thanksgiving and just continue to thank God for that thing, whatever it is, until it manifests in your life. So, you know, so that's, that's how I handle that, that question. Whatever it is that you need from God, pray, believe you receive it. And then when you pray, you prayed that one time. And then after that, just thank God for the answer. Thank God that you already have the answer. That you, that you received it when you prayed and just thank him and thank him and thank him and thank him. And then eventually it'll show up in your life and then don't stop thanking him. Then just keep thanking him. There's things that God did for me years ago. I remember when I, my wife and I was just talking about it the other day when I went to Bible school. I, I mean, the Lord got me a job 
at, at, at Tulsa Junior College teaching math that, that I, that I really shouldn't have had. I mean, the way I won't take the time now, but the way he got me that job and, uh, and I just walked in and I mean, they, they hired me. I mean, I, if it wasn't for that, I'd have been, who knows what I'd have had to do for, for those two years during Bible school for a job. But I walked in, I mean, I just walked right in. They, they didn't know me from anybody. I walked right in and said, Hey, I'm looking for, this was teaching at Tulsa junior, teaching math at Tulsa junior college. And really before the guy, I mean, he, he looked at my resume, made one phone call to my supervisor at St. Louis Community College at Merrimack and, and hired me right, right on the spot. I mean, that's unheard of. And really, it was a job. I shouldn't have had it, but I got it. But I say that to say this. That's been, that's been you know what, now 30 years ago. And, and I haven't needed that job in 30 years. But I'm still thankful to God that he got me that job. I hadn't forgot it. I hadn't forgot it. <laughs> Thankfully, got me that. And, and there's so many other things I could. I'm just using that as an example. Many other things I could talk about. But uh, but but be thankful. I tell you what, you get a long way with God if you are. But uh, but any, anyway. So so when you pray, believe you receive, and then you don't have to pray that 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 prayer again. Whatever you ask Him, petition Him for, or whatever. Pray, believe you receive it. And then after that, just pray the prayer of thanksgiving until it manifests. Amen. And then after it manifests, just 30 years later, still be thankful to God for it. <laughs> All right. So put that to see, I'm trying to make you an effective prayer. So put into practice what I just said. Whatever you're believing God for, if your motives are right, lines up with the word of God, pray, pray that prayer of petition or what prayer of intercession, whatever it is. If you're praying for yourself, it's petition. For somebody else, it's intercession. But be that as it may, pray, believe God that when you pray, believe those things. When you pray, believe you receive whatever you're praying for, and you'll. That's it. And then, and then once you pray that prayer, then just pray this prayer of thanksgiving, and <laughs> you pray that prayer the rest of your life without ceasing. Uh, and, and I tell you what, the thing you believe in God for, it'll manifest, and I think it'll come a lot quicker a lot of times if you just pray the prayer of thanksgiving and thank God for it. All right. Now, with that being said, let's close up here with two examples of the prayer of thanksgiving. First of all, in Acts, the 16th chapter. Now, I could give you several examples from the Bible, but it seems like these are the, the two that I need to, to cover. So let's do that. Uh, let's go to Acts, the 16th chapter, Paul and Silas. And in Acts 16, uh, I believe it's verse 16. It says, it happened as we went to prayer. So Paul was, the Apostle Paul was a person, he was a man of prayer. And him, he and Silas, as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought, a, brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Long story short, the Apostle Paul eventually turned around, said to the spirit and cast an evil spirit, cast evil spirit out of that girl. And you could read the verses between verse 17 to verse 21 it, it, Paul and Silas wound up being thrown in prison over this. Now, isn't that something you do something something good like that in the power of the name of Jesus, and it puts you, it gets you wound up in jail. But nonetheless, I mean, if there was ever a time to crab and complain, that might have been it. But we'll see that Paul and Silas didn't do that. They're in the prison. Look at verse uh, Acts sixteen verse twenty two. 
Then the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates tore off their clothes, commanded them to be beaten with rods. So Paul and Silas got beat up for doing something good in the name of the Lord Jesus. And verse 22, when they laid many stripes on them, as they whipped them and beat them, they threw them in prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, the jailer put them into the inner prison, which was the worst place in that jail, and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So what were they doing? They were praying to God and they were praying, no doubt, among maybe other these other kinds of prayers, but they were praying the prayer of thanksgiving. Not grumbling and complaining. There is no prayer of grumbling and complaining on my list here now. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many Christians, I've done it a time or two, where I pray the prayer of grumbling and complaining to the Lord, but you're not going to get anywhere grumbling and complaining. So no prayer of grumbling and complaining. So they were praying and singing hymns to God Look, they did something really good. They got that that fortune teller delivered and set free of that demon spirit and it winds them up in jail. But they kept a good attitude. They kept a heart of an attitude of thanksgiving about them. They're praying, singing hymns to God at the midnight hour and the prisoners were listening to them. So people are watching you. Don't ever forget that. They watch how you respond to, to the situations of life. And look at verse 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. So this shook that prison, this, this prayer of thanksgiving. If you want to tap into the power of God, be a person of prayer and particularly be a person that prays the prayer of thanksgiving. And I tell you what, the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. See, if you're bound up in some way, shape, form, or fashion, stop grumbling and complaining and start praying the prayer of thanksgiving. And it'll cause the power of God to go into operation and shake whatever prison's binding you and, and, and cause the chains, whatever chains are binding you to fall off and be loose. Glory to God. And, and it not only affected uh, Paul and, and Silas, but it said everyone's chains were loosed. All those prisoners, their chains, says there, I assume as I read this, it said everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, think about that, drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he knew he was as good as a dead man anyway. Because if he, if those prisoners escaped under his watch, they're going to put him to death. His superiors were. So he was going to just speed up the process and just end it. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we're all here. Now you think about that, a move of God, a move of God. Now you know it had to be a move of God because those prisoners, they would have run off, but they didn't. And Paul called for a light, ran in, fell. Then the, prison, the, the jailer called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Glory to God. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your household. If that, if they're, you know, if his household believes on the Lord Jesus, they'll be saved too. And uh, it's interesting as you study into this story a little deeper, this jailer apparently 
uh, a church was started there. In, this was in Philippi. A church was started there in, in Philippi. And this jailer apparently became the pastor of that church. And apparently those inmates who were in that prison who didn't run off became his church members. <laughs> you think about that. You see how powerful the prayer of thanksgiving is. And uh, glory to God and 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 those jailers i'm sorry those prisoners in that jail no doubt i mean it's it said right there it said that uh the prisoners were listening to paul and silas you see if they'd have been grumbling and complaining well we did something good we got that fortune teller delivered we got that demon out of her uh, and then we wind up here in prison and we're not even in the prison we're in the worst part of the prison blah, 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 blah. like i've w- listened to so many christians grumble over so many years but <laughs> i've done it some myself but you know what paul and silas didn't do that they praise god they thank god in the midst not for being in prison but in the midst of being in prison in the midst of that terrible situation they praise god prayed the prayer of thanksgiving and everyone's chains are loosed and the the jail the head jailer gets saved glory to god and the prisoner i mean a, a church is started supernaturally the jailer becomes the pastor <laughs> And his family gets saved and, and, and the prisoners become the church members of the church as it gets started. What? Be a person of thanksgiving, pray the prayer of thanksgiving, and you never know what can happen in your life. But I tell you what, it'll afford much power in your life. And uh, that's what happened there. Now, let's conclude this, uh, the prayer of thanksgiving. Let's go to Second Chronicles over in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles. Uh, chapter 20, going to read several verses. Uh, this has to do with the story of King Jehoshaphat, uh, king of Judah. And I think you'll see this is a very, uh, a very relevant passage of scripture to read, particularly with what's going on there in the Middle East right now in Israel. So let's read this. Going to read several verses, but you know what? It's good to read the Bible. It's good to read the Bible. So let's read these 22 verses. Let's go through them. It has to do with the prayer of thanksgiving. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. It happened after this that the people of Moab, with the people of Ammon and others uh, with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat, against uh, uh, Judah, Israel, Judah. Israel was in the north, Judah is in the south. I don't want to get into history of all of that. But nonetheless, uh, Jehoshaphat was, he was king of Judah, Jerusalem, that area. And he was a godly king. And, uh, uh, and some, and, and he has the enemy surrounded him. He's coming, or not surrounded him, but coming against him. Much like you have Israel today. Many different people wanting to eradicate them. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and and they are in Hazan Tamar. Well, you, you look in, on the television, you see the similar things here today. Uh, multitudes coming against Israel. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Well, 
That's a prayer petition. They're going to ask the Lord for help. They're at praying for themselves. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. See, when you're praying, that's one form of seeking the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, now here's what he prayed to God. O Lord God of our fathers, you are, uh, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? And that's right. That's right. Uh, are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And God gave that land over there. He gave it to Abraham and his descendants. And don't you ever forget that. It belongs to the Jews, right? And they dwell in it and have built uh, you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword judgment, pestilence or, fa pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And he's the same God today as he was back there then. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from, uh, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Uh, here uh, they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your, po uh, your possession, which you have given us to inherit. And that's the land and it belongs to the Jews, as I've said. Oh, our God. See, we can learn about praying just from listening to this prayer right here. Oh, our God, he's making petition. He's praying. He's making a request for himself here as the representative of Judah. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Glory to God. And, you know, thank God for the United States standing with Israel and standing behind Israel. But I tell you what, they've got somebody a whole lot better and more powerful than, than the United States. Uh, his name would be God. <laughs> Amen. Now, all Judah, verse 13, with their little ones, their wives, their children stood before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeliel, the son of Matthias. And you can read all that. A Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. So the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And he said, so the Holy Ghost said through Jehaziel, listen to what he said, after Jehoshaphat gets done praying. He says, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. So what did they do when they heard bad news and, and that the enemy was coming and was going to, you know, destroy them? They set themselves to seek the Lord and they began to pray. And then the Holy Ghost came on Jehaziel and he began to prophesy. And that's what the Spirit of God said. Don't be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeril. 
<coughs> you will not need to fight in this battle. Well, I like that, a battle that you don't have to fight in. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. <coughs> and the Lord is with his people. Glory to God. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head, <coughs> excuse me, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Glory to God, worshiping the Lord. See, they're praying this prayer of, of thanksgiving, this prayer of worship, and they're worshiping God. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korazites and all that stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. See, they're praising God, praying this prayer of, of worship, you know. So they, verse 20, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Believe his prophets, and you'll prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. See, they're praying the prayer of, of worship. And they began, it says, and when they began to sing and to praise, and to praise, they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes or ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were, the enemy was defeated. Glory to God. So you see this prayer of worship, this prayer of thanksgiving, it's so vital, it's so important. You know, the people of God were surrounded and, 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 and had, had this big army coming against them and all of that. And, and what was the answer to it? They began to pray and they were praying a prayer. They prayed and then they were thankful and prayed the prayer. See, as I look at this, they prayed a prayer, read it, read the whole thing to you. Jehoshaphat prayed this prayer. And then what did he do? He followed it up. They followed it up with a prayer of thanksgiving and worship. Just like what I was talking about earlier. Whatever it is you need, pray to God, believe that you receive it. And then after you've done that, begin to worship him and praise him and thank him for the answer. Glory to God. And that's how I see this here. That's what Jehoshaphat did. Uh, the enemy was coming against him. He prayed for what, you know, stated what he needed and, 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 and asked God, believe God for it. And then after that, followed it up with a prayer of thanksgiving and worship. And you see God came through and delivered them, delivered his people greatly. Glory to God. Well, I hope this helped you today. Uh, and so be a person of prayer but be a person who prays the prayer of thanksgiving and worship. And as I said, it'll cause great power to manifest in your life. So, hey, uh, let, me, let me just close by saying this. Please remember Israel in your prayers. Pray for the, the peace of Jerusalem. And uh, I tell you what, I'll say this, you know, as we move on out in time, you know, I was talking to my wife about it. You know, as you look at as you look at the different TV channels, and they've got their they've got their uh, uh, TV set 
on the skies above Israel. Well, there's going to come a day. Now, it's, it's not, not right at this time, but there's going to come a day on down the road, on down the road, when, when those TV cameras are going to be on that, on that sky over, over Israel, over Jerusalem, and that sky is going to part. Now, now it's not for this time. I, I mean, as bad as things are over there now, as you study Bible prophecy, before the Lord returns in his second coming, things are going to be a, a whole lot worse, if, if you can imagine it, but a whole lot worse. But on down the road, you can see it. You can see it now when you look at the TV and you see those cameras fixed on the sky above Israel. That's what's going to be on television down the road. We're seeing the very beginnings of it now. But one day, the sky is going to open up, and somebody's going to come riding through those clouds on a white horse with ten thousands of his saints. Glory to God! His name is Jesus, the one leading leading that great multitude. And uh, so I tell you what. The Bible says every eye will see him, and we're seeing the very beginnings of that as, the, as those cameras are fixed on, are, are fixed above above Israel right now. Pray for Israel. Pray pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and 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 uh, and and just do that. And uh, but let me ask you: Are you ready to meet the Lord yourself? Are you ready? You know the Bible says there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. The only way to miss hell and make heaven. And be ready to meet the Lord is to repent of your sins, receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, invite him into your heart just like you'd invite somebody into your house, and then serve him the rest of your life. I tell you what, if you'll do that, one day when you die, you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So call out on the, call out to the Jesus right now. Call on the name of the Lord. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. And if you do that and you mean it, you'll get born again, you'll get saved. And uh, I tell you what, you'll be glad you did. Well, I hope this teaching on prayer has been helping you. And I'll pick up right here next week. And we'll talk about what it means to pray in the spirit, to pray in other tongues. So until then, may God bless you and uh, have a great week. Bye-bye. <music>